Matrix Minute, a micro-podcast where we discuss the first groundbreaking film in one minute at a time, because we just love this movie. So on this podcast is me, Jake Dragish. Hi. Hi, Jake. Uh, a little bit about myself. What can I say? Uh, really, at the end of the day, um, I'm a musician. I play music. I've been playing that for a while. Uh, currently, I study philosophy. Um, right on schedule. Phil and I are from Indiana. But um, uh, we also grew up in Europe. That's right. In Austria and Croatia. Wow. And uh, currently we're in Croatia. And We uh, are. Yeah. Phil, tell us about yourself. Well, you pretty much mentioned all the things because we share a common ancestry. Ha, ha, ha. But yeah, I also do. The monkeys. I love uh, making films and I love talking about films and... It's just, it's in my blood. It's in my blood. And I just, I just love it every single time. And talking about the behind the scenes of things is something I love doing. I love watching making of documentaries, sometimes even more than the movies, but I just, you know, it's always fun talking about movies. And one of my favorite movies is The Matrix. And it was a huge influence to me when we watched it for the first time when I was 12. And for me now with their visual language and the way they really encapsulated uh, a whole, uh, generation of like filmmaking capacity that happened in 1999 it's like sort of changed the game um i love directing and i love doing that but right now i'm kind of on hiatus as it were kind of haven't done anything for a while and in the meantime i also do um artwork and i do concept designs and uh, character designs for different things and of course storyboard stuff because visualizing and telling stories is really fun for me to do so i that's kind of what i do as a as a you know, as a freelance profession, I like at it. the moment, and I'm also like <laughs> playing piano sometimes. That's good. Well, I wanted to add as well. I also <laughs> and I love doing sounds and stuff. And I did an audiobook too. It was pretty cool. But we don't want to talk about that. To add, I also dabble in writing from time to time. That's another thing for me. Ooh. Okay, and the last person in our podcast is Tim. Tim, yep. tell us about yourself. I'm Tim. Who are you? Who are you? And what what relation do you have with us? Oh, really? Okay. I'm your cousin, your distant, no, your close cousin. Is there a distant cousin? I don't know. Yeah. Cousin. We're close cousins. We're cousins. Um, <laughs> I was born, raised, as the John Mayer album says, uh, in Serbia. Even though I am Slovak nationality, I think, pretty much. Um, yep. Uh, currently, I am a programmer by the day. By a respectable telecommunications so, company. Respectable telecommunications exactly. company. Exactly. And then in my free time, I dabble in music, like writing, composing, mm. and like production for all sorts of stuff, like little games and little videos and stuff like that. A wizard. And yeah. Where are you of, calling from? Because we're not in the same room. Me and Phil are in the same room. Hi, yeah, Tim you guys calling, are. I'm, from, I'm calling from Bratislava. Slovakia. Slovakia. Or, yeah. Or Pressburg or Pozhon. Pressburg. the coolest in my opinion. Yeah. Bratislava is terrible. It's like a pan-Slavism. It's a Slavy, Slavy. Yeah. What does very... the Matrix mean to you, Tim? Well, I think uh, Matrix is a very important sort of point in my life, but it was very influential as it was came out at that age. It was like 10, 11. And as a pre-pubescent boy... You get a lot of influence, and Matrix was definitely that. It influenced uh, me and how I saw movies, because I think up until that point, I was only interested in movies that were funny, and this kind of broadened my scope, and definitely interest in science fiction, in making movies. Uh, the Matrix soundtrack kind of exposed me completely new, different set of musics, uh, new spectrum musics, <laughs> music that I didn't know, like metal music and electronic and stuff like that. And uh, later on, you know, got my interest in philosophy or any kind of 
things that the it influenced the matrix so at that point i think for the next 10 years i was pretty much influenced just by that that point in, in time when i Man, watched you the guys matrix. have such good descriptions of what the matrix meant to you and me because i was four years younger than you guys yep. i kind of just tagged along you got a pretty cool shirt out of it that would have made you muscly Oh, that's your story. <laughs> that story will definitely show up at some point at in some this point. podcast, I'm sure. But anyway, I would agree as well. I mean, um, I don't think it has such a big impact on me from those standpoints, but it, it did definitely become pretty much my favorite film, um, just like you guys, for the reasons you were describing. Yep. So the here matrix. we are, many years later, I'm still tagging along. Aww. Aww. A little Jake Aww. with us. At least you don't. Well, you're taller than all of us. I know. Yeah, you you were the little one, and now you're like the giant that looms over us. I'm a tree. And of course it goes without saying that we should give thanks. And not only give thanks, but acknowledge the fact that this Our is... Our Lord and Savior. <laughs> this, exactly. Jesus Christ. This, this came from <laughs> the idea Trump. that was started by Pete the Retailer and Alex Robinson, who both co-hosted and are still co-hosting... Uh, this podcast called the Star Wars Minute, and we're doing exactly the same. We we're kind of jumping on the bandwagon, thieves, into this new array of something that they actually started. Just taking and, their idea. Yep, just taking their thieves. idea, like many other people did as well. And there's like a huge so list okay. of movies by minute. Okay. We didn't do it first. And, <laughs> and um, there's if you go to moviesbyminutes.com, you can see a whole list that they curate, and it has stuff like Goodfellas. Um, a talking cast like from a, the movie called A Talking Cat Minute by Minute Indiana Jones Minute Back to the Future Minute Alien Minute which is one of my favorite ones because they actually kind of put a more educational spin on it and uh, more of a philosophical kind of um, observation um, Jurassic Park Minute over there and um, there's also Lord of the Rings Minute and Goonies Minute and all this kind of stuff so much and at least we hope it'll be fine if we could maybe do it ourselves. We're already with doing it. So we're already it has doing to be. it with the Matrix. It's already out there because we love this film so much. And yeah, so yeah, Star Wars so Minute. Go and see that. They just finished Attack of the Clones. Go and listen to that, Philip. Did I say listen. What, no, what did I say? People can't see. Okay. Well, most people can. Go but and listen to it. No, Star listen to ours. Wars ours Minute.com. <laughs> it's great. I, <laughs> I listen to it a lot of times when I do my uh, artwork. That's true. Didn't, didn't you first discover them? That was obviously when you decided... Actually, I discovered it when I watched this video of this wonderful guy talking about the Alien score. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he mentioned Alien minute Those by minute. Boots. And I was like, what is this format? And I looked at it and I thought it was pretty cool. Pretty neat. So, why not? Why not? Okay. okay. Wonderful people. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay, we hope they will accept us. And we're here to, like I said... One minute at a time with The Matrix, because for us, it's a huge, big, giant deal. So if you're looking for an analysis for its dense layers of symbolism and philosophy, turn elsewhither. This is just, you know, three guys who've been seriously inspired by how great this film is, by its characters, storyline, tone, style, and visuals, right? So in the end, it's just something entertaining and slightly interesting that, you know, we love to talk about. This podcast isn't meant to be one where we analyze every shot, you know, and discuss its influences ranging from mythology, Hong Kong films, adventure, philosophy, science fiction, postmodernism, existentialism, and references to transcendentalism, religion, nihilism, hero of a thousand faces, and metaphysics. 
and symbolism that this film is densely layered in because it's a perfect storm of what the Wachowskis are interested in. In one amazingly saturated movie where people punch each other on wires and shoot each other with funny slow-mo effects and drum and bass music. And they really pulled it off. So it's not just the Campbell-curated hero's coming-of-age story, not just a kung fu action film, not just a science fiction movie with mythological aspects. It's not just a personal bit of artistic expression, not even a philosophical pedestal from different sources, creeds, or points of view. It's actually well-made and is both specific and vague enough to be digested by a broad audience, which actually made it so successful. It can be watched as a highly interesting and entertaining movie. It's so well-crafted to be able to be watched in different ways, which, you know, just doubles into the themes of the movie itself. It's incredibly precise and well-ironed out, which is what we're actually treating it as. Because we're not organized, and we quite frankly think there's so many articles about it online, so we just think going into basics would be the best idea. We're trying to at least pull in some esoteric tidbits that might not be covered by other podcasts. And that's what I hope we're going to do. I mean, we're primarily basing this on our personal reactions, memories, and, you know, more in the lens of our perspectives, because it was such a huge thing when we first saw it. You know, it's a huge influence since we were we youngins and we were instant fans after seeing it way over a decade ago. And I'm sure we're all in agreement that we can't compress how it influenced all of pop culture as a whole in this one podcast. So... Sometimes I'll find a few facts that I think weren't talked about a lot, but this is just a, a chill pill podcast where we just have fun talking about every minute without the need to dig into the symbolism, you know, and just talk about the story and characters as they appear. You know, for example, I love seeing movies on all aspects and love talking about behind the scenes and tidbits and what people intended in shots and narratives and movies. That's about it, you know? Well, I think there's nothing left to be said. Yeah. Um, that's it. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Except, except there's ya. no drum and bass in Matrix. <laughs> you fool! We have nothing to add, Philip. Isn't, isn't that drum and bass? A drum and bass no. is more like... Drum and bass is the uh, evolution of jungle, which is using high-speed hip-hop loops over... Yeah, there's no drum and bass. Oh, so okay. big beat. I don't know what it's mm. called, man. Anyway, so thank you for the intro, Phil. <laughs> um... Well, Again, I don't think we can add or top that. I don't know that. W- so we're gonna leave it. At that. Phil got possessed by the demon of salesmanship. <laughs> it was magical. I have it's witnessed. Great. I had to. I had to explain. It's good. You explained everything as clear as possible. As clear as day. It's as clear as mud. And I don't know about you guys, but I think as far as the general scope of cinema, it is quite a big of a milestone. But I think for yeah. personally, it came out at a time when I was ten, eleven. When you know, as a boy, you're developing in. Some people seen Star Wars, some people seen other movies that basically define them and put the trajectory of their thoughts and discovery of other creative arts from that point on, like until uh, probably until I was 18, I was pretty much obsessed with this movie. That is true. That is and then true. you turned 18 and then it's just, you can't <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's just like, no more. I will watch no it away. I think, I think for me, I probably more or less tagged along with you guys, but I would definitely say the same that... I think the Matrix did so much, so many things that were new, novel, and interesting, and it was one of those films that completely grabbed your attention, and you were completely captivated, and especially when you're a kid. At least when I was watching it, I was yeah. What, how old were you? Around eight, I think. In ninety nine. So you know, it had everything. You know, the cool coats, the guns, 
the storyline which made you ask questions because you know when you're eight years old like me all eight? I did was ask questions yeah so why do you like, ask questions well, what's going on there why is he what does it mean why did he Morpheus Seth yeah you know, we watched one? me and you Jake we watched oh, you could have been film. like you were six when 1999 yeah you're right you're right actually let's do the math who's good at math here? we haven't seen the film in 1999 we saw it in 2001 Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, 2001. Okay. I want to talk about it. Let's talk about yeah, our we should first start. introductions to watching The Matrix. We watched The Matrix while we were living in Croatia in 2001. Right, Philip? Mm-hmm. And our first experience was Tim's brother, Stan, uh, was telling us about The Matrix. And he was telling us about this amazing movie that we'll love that takes place in the future. You know, and I think he mentioned dystopian future. So for me, I was like, what? Because we only seen the poster. Yeah, of Neo in this you know blue tinged background, you know carrying guns, wearing well, these yeah. cool clothes. And you automatically like, assume that that's a dystopian, right? And film. so you guys you were know, like aware what dystopian was back then. Or well, post apocalyptic. Yeah. Okay. Like destroyed world, basically. Yeah. And we were thinking like, oh man, it's going to be you know like intense Neo with these glasses. It's rated R. Yeah, running around, you know, shooting people, saving <laughs> people. Um, like I thought it was going to be kind of like. You know the cinematography. What's the movie you saw? Private What's Ryan? the movie you saw that was close to this that you wanted you you in your head you pictured? Well, we did we didn't do the math. Nineteen ninety three, I was born, and we watched two thousand one. Yes. so I would have been. Mm-hmm. So you were eight. Eight, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what movie was similar to this that we watched back then? Like, what I did know, you Terminator? What did you I mean, look, with? I when I was a kid, I think I watched too many movies that are not appropriate for my age. Right. I, was, <laughs> I mean, we watched Terminator two very. Yeah. Very early on, and also yeah. like also like I said right now, like Saving Private Ryan, and we're like that's a really intense movie. Man, and that thing traumatized that. me so much. Remember one time when Tim was, Tim was over, we watched it like in the morning. Yes, at, like eleven a.m. Yeah, that was horrible. <laughs> I hated that. I didn't even know about that movie then. It was just like, oh, let's watch Saving oh, really? Private Privates. <laughs> uh, what? You haven't seen it since then? Like, actually, when we watched it that time, he didn't see. That was it. the first I time think, you watched it, Tim? Uh, no, I've. Mm, I don't know. Maybe my other cousin played it for me because he played a bunch of war movies and I'm thinking I might have seen it with him then. And then it was like, oh, let's watch it again. But I, I can't remember. Honestly, well, you know, can't. it came out as a double VHS. That's how long it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Titanic. Anyway, coming back to the story. Uh, I was around eight. Phil was around 12. And our cousin Stan was introducing us. Yeah, and our cousin Stan the... is this really cool guy who... Old man. He's <laughs> not an old man. He's He was 30 at the time. Yeah, he was 30 at the time. And he was... Um, Proficient at piano and music and sound. Creative guy. Yeah, very creative. Brilliant creativity. And he was so... And that automatically made him so cool. Absolutely. You're saying your cousin, my bigger brother. Yeah, your older brother, Tim. That's right. Um, So, of course, whenever he told us stories or told us things, gospel, you know what I mean? That's what it felt like to us. Absolutely. So, he was telling us about the Matrix and how awesome it was. And we were pumped and we were stoked to see this. Mm -hmm. Because if Stan approved... Yeah. It's another one of his names. Uh, automatically great. But and bear in mind that I actually was aware of The Matrix. I was oh, aware yes. of The Matrix. Mention that. Um, back in 1999 when I was 10 and kids at school w- who saw it were saying, let's, let's play The Matrix. States, it's for right? recess. Yeah. In the States this time. Um, and all I had reference was the poster. So I thought that Morpheus was actually the leader of the agents and the agents were chasing Neo with the trench coat and they were in that kind of Terminator 2 future You did the world. kid thing of just inventing your yes, own Yes, yes. And I thought it was story. intense because it was rated R. movie. And so what happened was <laughs> uh, we finally rented the VHS from our local video store and we took it home 
And uh, with us, it was going to be our dad and Stan watching the film. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I remember distinctly popping in the VHS and, um, you know how it was, fuzzy, fuzzy and blurry. (laughs) Full screen, cropped. Full screen, cropped. And we press play and, you know. Well, here we are. Here we are in the Matrix. And I think we played about a minute, maybe, Mm -hmm. of the movie. And we're like, no, 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 we have to wait till Stan comes back. Oh, and we watch it together. And that nice. was it. I remember that's the first time we watched it in our bedroom together on VHS on television. What were yeah. you, Tim? Uh, well, the fir- I remember the same same guy. Uh, my brother, he, when <laughs> it came out... evangelizing us. He's making us take a red was, pill. I mean, he was like, what? He's, a he's like 15 years older. He, you know, does the creative arts. He's new computer. So it's very influential to us boys back in the day. So, um... He went to see... Uh, the, the only thing I saw was this weird trailer. It wasn't a proper trailer. It was just like some action shots because there was this new surround system uh, cinema in <laughs> Belgrade in the capital. And it was like they had... On the TV, they had advertisements. And part of the advertising was Matrix. And it was just the lobby shootout scenes in there. So that's all I knew about it. I just saw that they had supernatural powers and I thought it was like magic and stuff. <laughs> They were like shooting bullets and things. And then my brother there went to what? see... They were doing what bullets? They were shooting bullets. Sorry. <laughs> it sounded wrong. But uh, then my brother, for his, I think, 10th anniversary with his wife, their friend had uh, another friend who had a limo. So he pretended he was a limo driver. He drove him all the way to Belgrade. And they went to see The Matrix. Wow. It was just them two, not you. Just them two. No, no, okay. no. I didn't, I didn't know. And then they came back and they used to live in, in our town. I think it was the next morning... They came over for lunch or something. And I remember distinctly my brother sitting in the kitchen, just his mind completely blown. <laughs> and he tried to explain it to us what was going on. And I, I just remember, you know, like, it's in the future. People live in this in the earth and there's like this virtual reality kind of stuff. And then he was like, I can't even tell, explain it to you. It's so crazy. That's you know, so he, good. He used the, That's he used one the of line the, like, I yeah. can't explain. You have to see it yourself. And that was my introduction to Matrix. And I was completely obsessed with this movie because my brother was oh, obsessed yeah. with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, we well, were all you, obsessed with it though, first. As, well, after the first this experience and then of being told. I really, really wanted to watch it. And, of course, it, we didn't go to cinema. And I didn't have anyone to go to cinema for that movie. So I didn't see it until... Uh, do you guys remember, Maggie? They used to get a lot of tapes from U.S. A lot of VHS tapes from U.S. And they had the Matrix. And I was at their house uh, just visiting. And, one more, and I saw it. There was like... Matrix <gasps> official official it was like oh yeah official VHS with like the had like uh shimmering like code ooh. it was blue like you know like when you move it around it like kind of like ooh. like the 3D effect it wasn't the 3D effect it was just like it was like glo- like I don't a know holographic. holofoil kind of thing yeah that kind of thing so so it looked like pretty it was pretty fancy and I got it and I brought it home and my sister was still there and I remember I really how old is your sister it. by the way you have to just. She's clarify. about ten years older than me. All right, cool. Okay, and you were again. So she's like a teenager at this time. No, no, no. She was. She was like. She was already. I think in twenty. If I was ten, eleven, she was twenty. She was already in college, and she was oh, okay, visiting. Cool. She was visiting, and she wanted. I think she saw it maybe, and she wanted to watch again. But she was like, "Oh no!" She was telling my parents, "You know, it's R-rated. It's it's. I don't. Know, this, <laughs> this, this will be. This might be too tough." But I was like completely obsessed. I really wanted to see it. Like you know, for that one explanation from that one. Hype and uh, the hype yeah. from her brother. I really wanted to see it, and then she said, "Okay, yeah, you can see it, but you have to write an essay afterwards about what it. about the movie <laughs> about the movie." Oh well, what great. I thought about the Matrix, and I okay. was like, I just didn't care. I mean, if they made me watch the car three hundred times, I would still do it. 
So I watched the movie. By yourself? Uh, maybe with her, but with someone. I don't honestly remember anything except really cool action from the first time watching it. Uh-huh. And I remember I wrote the essay. I just pink, picked up a bunch of BS from what my sister and my brother were saying. Like how it's supposed to be a... Huh. I remember I wrote it... Because I, I, I just cared because it was cool at that point. I mean, I didn't understand it. But I remember say, them saying, my older brother and sister, like something, oh, it's like a commentary on video games and how they're bad. <laughs> so I wrote that. That's the movie. That was my essay. Well, it was, like a, it was a page was... and a half. But it was worth it. It <laughs> was worth good. it. Page and a half. Oh, and then I watched the major like, like a zillion times after yeah. that. Yes. Our friend yeah. Maggie. Yeah. She... Yeah. Movies when we were kids, like short films. Oh, yes. Whenever we got together and family reunions and stuff, we always... Yes. And when we visited you and you visited us, we always made films. And then we made these little short films called False Wipe, yep. which were science fiction-based, uh, heavily, heavy Matrix-influenced It's basically things. a Matrix. It, is, it wasn't straight a, Matrix, but no, it was like, it had the, all the elements. The glasses, the, the codes, codes like, the we cool guys, doing the teleportation universe. and doing different stunts, right? I think all the boys As, of our age who had a access oh, to yeah. a camera yeah, 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 done yeah, this. I think point. it's kind of like, you know, when you're um, a Star Wars fan when you're a kid and you make yeah. movies in the backyard with lightsabers. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. But except thing. ours, at least this had a stable concept as far as, you know, it's not just people running around with trench true, coats. True. It was actually like, I'm trying to build, I was trying to build a plot that goes. <laughs> I've never seen that plot. I know. <laughs> I know. And we had our own around. characters. And this is 2001. The, in the world. Yeah. We had, we had the characters in there. They were established and um, it's basically a bad guy messing around in virtual reality and we're and the whole thing is supposed to feel like you don't know what the real world is because it it's going into different softwares all the time and the whole battle takes place virtually that's about it so that's that we made like four of these uh there was supposed to be like tv episodes uh, allegedly you know what i mean and this was 2001 and then we made made actual matrix sequels because after seeing revolutions and this Matrix Minute, we're not going to go into no. the sequels. We're really going to try to cover Avoid. Matrix 1, and, and that'll be it. Well, this is a giant intro. We better say something. Um, and we actually did real Matrix sequels. They're not really sequels. They're Matrix Universe movies. They're spinoffs. Yeah, they're spinoff no, sequels. I would call them parallel films to the Matrix. Midquels? Midquels spin-off I like we all made this movie together these movies together we don't know yeah this was in December 2003 when Tim came over to visit us in Zagreb which was where we were living at the time and um, I was very influenced by the fact that I think that Zagreb could double for The Matrix in a certain capacity and we actually filmed these little short um, snippets because I was disappointed in where Matrix Revolutions ended and I wanted it to be a true end of the Matrix. And oh. So what happened was this is the parallel story where these two minor characters actually witness something that happens after revolutions or in between revolutions or something like that, where the wow. Matrix actually collapses. And it's and called End of the Matrix, and we made that. And Tim and, and I just basically listened to Phil, and, and we yeah, did what did. he says. And that's pretty and much our pants fell. I mean, it looked kind of cool. Right, I mean, at least fell. that. So that's kind of cool. And then... Yeah. And... So the Matrix still lives on as a very big inspirational. Yeah, and we, I think we always look forward to like we we're always into the Matrix world, and then when the second movie came out, I remember we watched it in theaters yeah. in the states, and then we watched the third one uh, in Croatia, and then I don't know, Tim, did you watch any of them? In the I remember. Do you remember the story when I when I yes, stole yes, Matrix yes. Two so I could yes, see it? Yes, yes, yes. A bad, really bad. Uh, 
cinema rip that was in the oh, game. Yeah. The game. With, the, with amazing like camera from the bottom, yes. like, fr- front stole row. Stole it, and, got in trouble. And guess what? I remember it was like a Divex, right? Like a rip yes. Divex. And I remember you telling us like, oh, it's a Divex, but the sound's really good. Or was it for the <laughs> third one? I don't I know. I, I, don't I just remember, I think I had okay. the second one, like a really bad rip that we stole off a guy and ran away. Because really? we really wanted oh, to see yeah. it. Yeah, it's just it's just stupid because we're so obsessed with and and also even like the way it inspired us to make movies and and especially me I know you feel it before you knew about like you know behind the scenes and stuff like that but the for me Matrix definitely opened up that sort of like realizing what's behind a movie and also definitely the motion picture not the soundtrack the orchestral one but the inspired by whatever soundtrack is there was a lot of yeah big old album guitar and metal music which I have not like listened to before and that was very influential it just opened up a complete oh. new spectrum of music to me from from that one i, I discovered deftones on that so it was definitely like a you know one of those things when a point of your life that you can kind of uh you know follow back a lot of things that made you a person <laughs> is coming yeah. from this one movie and, and what it influenced like mm-hmm. even like the the other movies kind of you know made me open to more like reading about philosophy and all that kind of stuff, you know, True. as you're yeah. developing as a teenager. Yeah. yeah. So we, we owe were, quite a bit to that movie. Jinx. Yeah, definitely. Um, Deja vu. Um, we, uh, can we get on with the program? Yeah, I just wanted to say that oh, the yeah, sequels, I, I, when the sequels I, I, came out, is, we were disappointed slightly more and more. When, like, who cares when, about the sequels? And I just wanted to say that I, over time, I appreciate the sequels more based on like what they're, this in, is not about the sequels. What they wanted to do based on, instead of how it was executed. But, their ideas for the sequels were really good. Okay, that's all I wanted to say. Okay. All right, so Matrix, now. Let's go watch get on the with first it. minute. Get on with it. We'll be um, back. No, wait, what? the history yes. of how this what movie the started. History, what? Don't you want, I wrote so many beautiful notes. What did you want to do? I wanted to just talk about how it was developed and how it got into become the film it was. Okay. Can Let's I do just that. do that real yes, quick? Yes, this is the big intro. All right, so the wait, Wachowski brothers, who are now not the Wachowski brothers, they were Chalky Sis. That's Wachowski. Lana, that's Wachowski. Lana and Lily, but back in 90, 93, 90, 92, they were Larry and Andy. Um, they're from Chicago, so big ups for that. And um, they actually ran a little house painting construction business there. Wow. Because their parents used to do that. So they okay. kind of did that as well. But they also had side jobs with working at Marvel Comics. Um, and they wrote some episodes for a comic line called Ecto Kid, and then the comic adaptations and continuations of Hellraiser and other stories okay. by Bly Marga. Did did they both? Um, <laughs> no, no. Write? So this was back in the early nineties, and that's write how they started. And draw? No, they just write. Just write. Okay. Yeah. And slaves draw. Then um, allegedly they read a book called How I Made a Hundred Movies in Hollywood and Never Lost a Dime by. Roger Corman, the great influencer of our time for all yes. kinds of modern filmmakers that are successful now. Because under you work on Lord of the Rings? He, John Borman is uh, the Lord of the <laughs> Rings guy. Roger Corman is the wonderful B movie man that and has been so making films since the nineteen sixties. Yeah, and, and he influ- not only did he influence a lot of directors, but he also mentored a lot of the directors that would become successful later on, like James Cameron, who did, I think, Piranha Two: The Spawning. Yep, Piranha Two was his first. Oh, yeah. So. There's a lot of little film tricks that Roger Corman had in his um, itinerary to create repertoire. Yeah, to create these schlocky B movies, but very at very little cost and lots of profit. And 
they read this book sometime in, in the early 90s, and they were inspired by that. And then they started writing scripts. Their first script was called Carnivore, which was about um, rich people getting eaten by cannibals. Okay. <laughs> and right. that movie was never made. But they sent it to some people at the industry, and it got noticed for, I guess, how well written it was. So this was a in small independent film? No, this was never made. Oh, sorry, yeah. It was I, just I a like, movie it, that it was the Wachowski brothers at the time. Just, just them. Yeah, and... What do you, wait, say, and, what, uh, what do you think of the original? Uh, they're Polish, right? That's a yes, Polish uh, their name. dad was Polish. Oh. Wachowski. There yeah, you go, that sounds good. And um, <laughs> so they wrote scripts for... They wrote a script for a movie called Assassins, which was directed by Richard Donner for Warner Brothers. You see how these things are get, starting to connect? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought they They bought the script and gave them two more movies into that contract so they were able to secure a deal for that kind of a situation so they got two movies after this that they would write for after assassins now they didn't like assassins at all because richard donner had the script rewritten but the wachowskis you know they wanted to get their names off of that film as well they tried to not be associated with it because of how the movie was butchered um, according to them and so that sort of inspired them to actually have to direct the movies as well because they're very specific people mm. when it comes to oh wait i i, I saw this done. movie assassins yeah yeah it's 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 a di- wait 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 is this oh i actually saw this movie wait wait, wait. is this when they when one of them is oh yeah this is like uh, antonio banderas and he's got the laptop and he's like they're like trying to kill each other we should watch this movie oh actually, is, it, is, that, is that where that gif comes from i think so he's yes, like yes. <sighs> I remember he's always like laptops and he's got yeah. silencers and he's always like <laughs> ah. brushing his hair. I, I, I watched this like before yeah. The Matrix. Well, this okay. was, yeah, this is a 1995 film and the Wachowskis didn't like it because of all these script okay. changes that happened. And so they said that their next film, they're going to push as hard as they can to direct it themselves as well because otherwise they're going to get more botched script. To their credit, they're absolutely right because that's how it happens in the film industry. Things always change like that, you know? And... um well, uh, they bound so, after that, didn't they? Yeah, oh, I watched so then, that. So then they were developing, you know, the sci-fi serial, you know, set inside a computer. It's called Reboot. Reboot? No, no, it's the Matrix. Oh, obviously, it's like a temp title. Okay, so the big, big idea, idea, Phil Vischer's company. Yeah, so the big idea for the Matrix actually came. It, it came by because the Wachowskis. And I quote: "They sat together in a cramped Chicago apartment with a view of a brick wall." And wondering if there were a reason or perhaps some law of nature that might explain why most action movies are idealess, and conversely, most idea movies remain actionless. And this is actually an excerpt from what they wrote for the introduction on the Ultimate Matrix collection in 2004. Remember the DVD collection that we got? I do. Yeah, and that's actually what they wrote about. That's a pretty good one. And they actually talked to Joel Silver about it because he was producing Assassins. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, and so they were already starting to tell about this project that they were developing about, you know, science fiction, action. Didn't they read so that and so, book? So didn't forth. they read Simulacra? And... Well, yeah, this is also like, I'm going through the direct line into how The Matrix was made, oh, but okay. of course their influences were a lot of different things. Right. So that's many right, things. They were like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's like really big. I remember like, from the making, I was just remember saying Japanimation. Yeah. Japanimation. <laughs> like, <laughs> I yeah. love that word. Um, and so... They wanted to um, direct this Matrix film, and Joel Silver said, well, that's going to be really hard because you haven't done anything, you know? Mm-hmm. You know oh, that yes, works. I remember this. 
And then they're like, uh, but then Joel Silver is being a nice guy. You know who Joel Silver is, yes, right? The, the producer. producer of The Matrix. But also produced. produced a bunch of like big action films in the 80s. Like Commando. I was going to say think. Commando, right? Predator. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are um, Die Hard. Big muscle ones. Man, I'm not sure if it's Die Hard or not, but I'm pretty sure it is. You should check that because I'm uh, I'm just doing this off the top of your research. I'm checking. I'm I'm always fact checking you in the back. Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Well, you since you're being all fancy pants and like you know educating people, you you better you better say the truth, my boy. Americans are too in love with the sound of their own voice. He did. Oh, good. I was correct. Confirmed. Um, and Silver Pictures also did Sherlock Holmes. Know, he's he's there the right. Silver Pictures he's all over the place. And the logo. melty silver logo. Yeah, yeah. that melty square logo. But yeah, but Joel Silver was so nice that he said he'll help them with whatever their other movie would be. And it would have to be smaller scale because Matrix is really high concept. So they just made up Bound. Bound and Bound. And, and bound. Uh, they directed it. They were able to do that with Joel Silver's help. Mm-hmm. And in 1996, it's a thriller crime movie where these two girls attempt to steal $2 million from a mob. Wow. So it's like a heist thing. From Cypher. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. Um, there's so many people who worked on that film that they will work on later on in The Matrix, such as like Bill Pope and Don Davis and Joe Pantaliano, yep. who always plays himself in every film, <laughs> and, uh, and editor Zach Steinberg. He was in uh, Congo. Was he? I believe he was. So is um, Bruce Campbell at the beginning. Ah! It's great. I, I don't want to see Congo. Oh, maybe, yeah, you're right. He was in Congo. He wasn't. When was Congo made? 95. 95. Uh, the Joe Pantaliano Hayden. Yeah, he was in Congo playing Eddie Fentero. Because I remember we watched Congo. Uncredited. After The Matrix, and I was like, <laughs> yeah 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 it's one of those things like it's, it's i didn't watch as many movies as well so every you know if you see that i was like oh trinity oh yep oh mm-hmm. yeah cypher in like uh bad boys he's a couple <laughs> so in the meantime or after um they got to get concept art and storyboard artist jeff darrow who i'm going to talk about some other time whenever we get to a design that he actually works okay, i'm unfamiliar with jeff darrow he's the one who did those uh really detailed sketches oh i love those yeah and people thought that he was on drugs because of his weird, super highly hyper detailed. But man, those are phenomenal. Sketches. His sketches yeah. are wow. Like that is just crazy. And then also he they also got the storyboard artist Steve Scorch. Scorch? Scorch. Not sure. Which we're gonna talk about as well because I I think he's quite an interesting person as well. And they were both kind of um commissioned to help out with convincing to make this matrix project work, you know, uh, after bound or before that. And allegedly, you know, they did the whole 600 page shot for shot storyboards for, uh, the matrix film. So they can show that to Warner brothers. And that's another funny thing. Um, because remember how, didn't you read that Peter Jackson book just really recently? And, it's like, if you want yeah, to convince called, a uh, studio... Peter Jackson, A Filmmaker's Journey by Brian Sibley. Yeah, it's good. And if you want to convince a studio about your concept, words, you can talk very, very long, like what we're doing with this introduction. <laughs> and, um, I don't even know how long And instead, you could just show them one picture, and then they'll get it completely. And then so the more pictures you have, the more visuals you can represent with your pitch... Uh, the more they'll be confident because they can see what you had in mind. So what they did with the, with the Matrix, they did that. So 
Lorenzo Di Bonaventura was the um, CEO, uh, the chairman of the board at Warner Brothers. Okay. And um, he's now a producer, and he I guess he likes producing more. And he produced stuff like Transformers and Shooter. Shooter! And um, Red and Salt. Remember Salt? I remember Salt. I remember And he's doing Transformers. So he was president of Worldwide Production at WB. And... He got the Matrix signed off, and he also got uh, Harry Potter bought, like the rights for Warner Brothers. So he's kind of like the Alan Ladd Jr. of Warner Brothers. <laughs> Alan Ladd Jr. is the president of 20th Century Fox in the uh, late 70s who got like Alien mm-hmm. and Star Wars. Good man. Through. Yeah. The Wachowskis wanted to do anime for real, you know, so they got. Um, they took a lot of inspirations from the Matrix. Like everything that they loved, they said that they they bundled together. So it's like their rich philosophy and filmmaking and kung fu action and anime and science fiction and you know. And to their credit, I really have to say they did everything they set out to do like really well and perfectly got yeah. it out the way they wanted it, and that's really good. So, and I think it's also crazy how they actually managed to fit so much in the matrix like you said from all these elements that they liked yeah uh, just one of those things you know it's in my opinion it's like one of those lightning in a bottle films oh yeah that it's just i mean it took the perfect them, timing and yeah. the perfect um blend of yeah. ingredients it took like them the like 10 years to do like right. to, to develop because of the you know what everything they wanted to add in there and it's kind of like um uh, christopher nolan with a uh in, in conception. Inception. Inception. <laughs> Inception, where it also took him like 10 years. He was just working on it forever because he wanted to have something. He had a strong idea for something. And these guys um, definitely got a strong idea for that as well. So, um, so, by the way, they were planning to make a trilogy. A trilogy, right? Yeah. But in the end, uh, wait, who is, who is the company that was it? Warner Brothers? Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Village Roadshow. They were like, hey, just do one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this well, would make one. And then did if you they want to do more. did they write or plan any of the stuff for the sequels before number one, or was it everything like let's just make number one great? If it works, then we'll work hard on on the sequels. Okay. So from my research dictates okay. um, that I think that they had a like huge story beats in mind where the matrix will connect with the sequels, but I don't think that they got the specifics in order Mm -hmm. until later. The reason being was because I read uh, a a very early script of matrix reloaded, Mm -hmm. which was like from, I don't know, like 2000 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it had just like completely different, but it had the same kind of uh, general story beats sort of like there is like a, you know, like a, the dark side of, of the one and the light side of the one. But instead, it's two Keanu's fighting each other. You know what I mean? With ponytails. And that. yeah, and, and, and um, Agent Smith has a ponytail. And there's all kinds of other stuff that isn't in the final one. But that's sort of, but there's still these things mm-hmm. that show you that they, they had something in mind after this. I think, though, if I remember, this could be like Phantom Visions. But I think I remember them making the first film with the intent of being standalone. I don't think there was ever an intent to 
make more movies unless it was successful. Well, yeah, that's right? sort of. Yeah. I think that's a good approach for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I think it definitely shows because it is packed with small elements, and every single bit is so rich with re- not specific references, but definitely inspiration from everything mm-hmm. from music to the visuals. I think it's to... a highly saturated movie in that oh, yeah. sense. Very. But under the surface, like it's, mm-hmm. um, unless you go looking for it, you wouldn't know. And that's all I want to have to say. They made the matrix. And I think the way they got to that point was because they were very specific and let this be a lesson to you, future filmmakers, um, be very specific with what you want and be able to clearly show what you want to do. You know, I think yeah. that's the big one. And also, um, you have to... What's that word? I always forget the word. What is the word you're looking for? I can help you. Where you have to... Like, it's not what you want, but you have to, like, put... Like, step back a few paces because... Compromise. Yes. Thank you. You have to compromise as well. And so it's this balancing act of compromise and being very specific and clear. Compromise for the betterment of Greater good. Yeah. Yeah. Because you never know. And, and cut your loveies. And cut your loveies. Always in the editing room. Always. Yeah, so that's uh, that's all I have to say about the... Sweet. So that's the intro. Yeah. And now, uh, if you want... Oh, you wait, go... I have one more thing. Oh I just wanted God. to say that <laughs> Keanu Reeves was not their original choice. Oh, who was? I think I know. You know, they had all kinds of different guys. Will Smith? This, this was in the room, right? Yes. Will Smith. Yes. That was real. Yes. So Will Smith or Johnny Depp. Yep. Yes. But... Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp, I could maybe see. Yeah. Yeah. But it would be a different film. Will Smith would be like, what? I mean, we all know that he can do very good serious stuff. But yeah. He wasn't, but, he wasn't no, in that I think, line. I think Will Smith, I think the, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I think I the dead face of Keanu really saw, I mean, yes. maybe potentially if Johnny Depp would understand it, he could pull it off. But I think Keanu with his natural... Like, he understood well, it. Can I just say, I actually love the fact that Keanu Reeves, which I didn't know until much later on, uh, has a history of doing not Matrix kind of films. That's, that's false. No, he did a bunch of stuff before, didn't he? Like, he did I speed wanted, and he like did... Uh, I yeah, wanted to yeah, tell yeah. you, um, Warner Brothers suggested strongly that Keanu Reeves should be Neo. Because... Very good call, ju- though. What? Very yeah, good call. but that's the thing. That's why you always have to be open with other people's ideas, because you never know, Right. It, when someone shows up and, and actually, gives, especially if it's the studio paying the bills, um, they insisted for Keanu Reeves because he had a pretty good demographic appeal mm-hmm. as because of jo- Johnny Memnonic. It's a science fiction film where he's a robot. So on that, know about like, <laughs> you don't know about this film called Johnny no. Memnonic? No. Well, yeah, it came out in like 1996 or five. I haven't seen that, but the movie didn't do well, but they thought that he was doing well with like, audience i don't know how i don't know how they find yeah i don't know how they find this but the wachowskis they also they they were like but he's from bill and ted's excellent adventure what like how can we work with that i'm saying but then again you try it and yeah i'm saying that's why i love and now you can't imagine anyone else being one what i love is it's a great example of just how you know uh, an actor isn't always uh he can do more than just the role than really bad british accents from dracula Exactly. exactly yeah yeah. What if Neo was with a British accent? <laughs> That'd be horrible because Keanu Reeves, I'm sorry. What is the Matrix? His accent. What is the Matrix? His accent is notoriously bad. YouTube it. It's amazing. So that's all I have to say. There you go. I just opened up the uh, Matrix poster and I'm getting the tingles. Ah. Tingles. The tingles. All right. Well, um, if you want to see us talk about the first minute. Well, not see us, hear us. <laughs> podcast yes 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 Here's, we didn't take the um, lesson we didn't show one picture we we didn't spend half talk. an hour 
But anyway, hey, it's an introduction. This is our introduction where we talked about what you heard. And uh, if you want to listen to the actual content of the podcast, go to episode one because <laughs> this we will is episode be talking zero. About the actual minute. Um, but if you're listening with us so far, yeah. thank you so much for joining yeah. us, and we'll see you on the other side. I'm Phil. I'm Jake. Am I Tim? In a world of zeros and ones, are you a zero or are you the one? <laughs> is that the tag? That's a tagline on the poster. Is the best. <laughs> no, that's horrible. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Nice. Okay, we'll see you. Okay, do we cut now? Or Later. Bye. <laughs>